0: Uh, if you weren't here last week, um, or you don't know who I am, my name is Rob, former junior high pastor, and at some point, former children's pastor, and at some point, soon-to-be senior high pastor uh, here at Northview. Uh, don't ask me what I do here. I don't know right now. <laughs> uh, but last week, I spoke, and uh, this was planned long before Steve. The spring, when Steve was planning his sabbatical, and we forgot figuring out who was going to speak this summer, uh, Steve and Shannon asked if I would fill in for two weeks. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of cool and ironic timing. It's God's hand at work um, with what I'm going to be talking about, both last week and then this week. Uh, if you weren't here last week, I talked, I, sh- I shared my top five. Um, so I'm a Mariners and a Seahawks fan. If you have tickets and you want to take me to a Sounders game, then I'm a Sounders fan. Um, so last night I was at the Mariners game and they retired Eggers' number. Man, that was. Awesome. Amanda was making fun of me during the game because all of the Mariner greats were coming out. I mean, Alvin Davis was there and Jay Buhner and uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and all of them. It was super cool. And I was, man. <laughs> even though we lost, the game was, even if we had won the game, it still would have been a letdown after seeing all those guys. It was cool. So I, I kind of shaped a lot of, a lot of things I like about sports is they do their top five, their top 10, whatever the case may be. Uh, so last week I shared kind of top five um, things in my life. Uh, that message and all of our previous messages and this one this morning um, are available online, so if you want to go check that out. Um, I have not listened to it because I I think a lot of us would agree we don't like the sound of our own voice, so I'm just not going to. But if you do and you have pointers and want to give me pointers, that's fine. Um, so this morning I'm going to continue telling you a little bit more about my story, how I came to Northview, um, and like I said, very appropriate for the situation, maybe telling you about why I've chosen to do what I do um, and why I'm here, as well as how you can be part of things and be part of God's plan. So if you would join me, let's go ahead and pray to get things started this morning. Dear Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the people that you've brought here this morning. May we all learn something new and um, may you just let me step aside and may you be evident, uh, not just to them, but to me as well, Lord. We give this morning over to you and we, we love you. Amen. All right, so, nifty little title, How I Do What I Do. And how you can too. I promise you, I did not mean for that to rhyme, but I think my time in children's ministry is definitely wearing off on me if, if things are rhyming all over the place. So as we get started this morning and dive into it, I want to lay down the scriptural framework for what we're going to be talking about, kind of what's going to be at the base of all of this. Uh, and that's right here, that we're all part of one body, the body of Jesus, yet we're also individuals. I don't know about you guys, but as, as I've grown up in the church and and learned more, the Christian faith has some weird things about it, okay? I'm going to be the first to admit that. There's some of the wording that we use that's kind of weird. So, for instance, we're all part of one body. Like, what, what does that mean? Oh, we're part of the body of Jesus. What, what does that mean? What, what is the body of Jesus? Now, I want everyone to take a second and look around, okay? I can see if you're doing it or not, so please just look around. This <laughs> is like kids in school. This is the body of Jesus. The church is his body, and we are all part of it. But we're also all individuals within it. You're going to see as we go through different things this morning, I'm going to have quite a few scriptures uh, up on the screen. That's the way I like to do things. I don't want you to hear just from me. I want you to hear from God's word. Um, I'm not going to touch on all of them, so if you want to jot them down and circle back around later, um, you're more than welcome to. But here I want to read for you Romans 12:3 through 8. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you, um, open up. There's no better way to fact check me than check out God's word for yourself. Um, so let's go ahead and read that. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned with cheerfulness. I want you to think about yourself for a second. And think about, think about your body. That sounds weird. But think about your body for a second. Our, our bodies that God gave us are so crazily intricate, complexly built. We have a lot going on. Now imagine for a second if like a speaker's dream, if you were all ears... Well, if you were literally all ears, how would you eat anything? Or how would you smell? Or how would you move? If you were all feet, how would you hold on to anything? And we use this a lot when, we, when we're talking about our passions. If you were really, truly all heart, how would you breathe? You see, our bodies are the very framework of what Scripture tells us about being part of the body of God. At the end of the day, nobody's skills and abilities are more important or less important than the person sitting next to you. Yet, none of us have the same skills. Picture, if you will, this this group right here, and we all had the same exact skills and personalities. There's probably some things that we would do really well for a short period of time, and I can imagine That we would get real frustrated of each other really quickly. For instance, let's say everybody in this room, your only passion and skill was taking care of kids in the nursery. Now, that's really important, okay? We need kids, or we need people watching the kids in the nursery. So we're all in there. Nursery's not very big, it's gonna be kind of awkward. And we're taking care of like probably the three kids that are in there. Now, what happens? when those kids are no longer young enough to be in the nursery, and they're now in preschool. Well, we're not equipped because none of us have those skills, and our service would stop. So it's to be celebrated that we all have different skills and abilities. It's important that we use these skills and talents that God has given us together for his church. Each and every single one of you, I may may not know a ton about all of you, But I know that you were created 100% with a purpose. And along with that, God gave you a specific set of skills. He gave you a specific set of abilities, interests, and even opportunities. None of us, if we were to boil it all down to that, look the same. Yet God wants to use each and every one of those to bring light to a dark world and show himself to people. And I think we can all agree it doesn't take very long checking Facebook or turning on the news or Twitter or whatever you do to know that we're in kind of a dark time and that the church needs to come together to shine for Jesus. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I am no in any way better at any of this than you guys. Due to my experiences and interests and all of that, that's what's led me to be a guy up here with a microphone talking to you guys. This morning, the really cool thing for me is that in the eyes of God, we all have the same value, yet we all have different roles to play. And how do I know this? Because in scripture, we read that all have sinned. That's all of us. Each and every one of us has sinned, which puts us at the same value. And that value is not very good. Yet Jesus, due to his love for us, sacrificed himself for each and every one of us, which raises our value, but raises it equally together. He values all of us the same way and wants each and every one of us to be in his family and to use our gifts for his glory. So last week, one of, one of the stories I shared with you was getting hired at a summer camp. And if you weren't, if you weren't here, the basic rundown was somebody, my, my boss at the time, basically applied me for a job. That always feels good. And I got hired and I was sitting in my car not wanting to go and I made a deal with God saying, I will get out of my car and then you take it from here. And like a good, obedient Christian man, I stayed in my car for as long as I could. But finally got out. It was an awesome summer. Where is he? Oh, that's awkward. Where is he? Well, that's where I met Brooks, by that empty chair right there. <laughs> Whew. Okay, note to self, look before talking. Um, <laughs> but that's where I met Brooks, and one of the cool things, this, this is seven years ago that we were working together, um, and Brooks is one of two friends that I worked with at camp that I still stay in touch with. And I worked with a good chunk of people. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a similar situation. It happens a lot with work where you get, you get close to the people you work with and then maybe you leave or they leave and you're like, oh, like, yeah, we had work in common, that's great, but no practical side of life do we have in common. And yeah, we're all Christian, but some of you, not you, them. Uh, <laughs> ah, we're ah, No, I'm good. Uh, But Brooks and I were at a very common place in life. He just graduated from college, and I was a senior in college, so we could relate to each other the best. Uh, I I knew Brooks before he came to Northview, and I got to walk through the interview process with him, hearing about some of you guys from his point of view before getting to know you, so that was kind of cool. We hit up Applebee's every Wednesday night for a year to do trivia and just to get to know each other and talk. We thought we were really good. We went into trivia every week knowing we were going to win. And in a year, we took second place one time, the week that there were two teams competing. So that's great. So during Brooks' time here, he, he, he badgered me endlessly to come and check out Northview. And I was involved at uh, a previous church and really enjoying it there. Um, but as the school year there ended, I was kind of looking for what was next. Um, and Brooks told me, hey, I need, you to, I need you to come to summer camp with me. I need help. You know, we've worked together at camp before. Help me out. And I told Brooks, like, alright, I will. One condition. It's always nice when your volunteers give you conditions. I'm not helping with junior high. And if you've ever been approached to be a volunteer in any capacity, there's a look that the person asking you will give. So it says I said, I'll help anywhere but junior high. But that's probably where you need me to go, isn't it? And it was. Um, and it was awesome. Um who who it was easier now. Who wasn't raise your hand if you were in my tent that first year. There was a couple more. Gabby, you were not in my tent. <laughs> it's <was> weird. <laughs> These guys, who else was? And Kai and Jeff. Man, it was a weird group. Um I figure if I made it through a week with those guys in a tent, that a lot of life was gonna be easier after that point. But no, it was it was awesome. I, I came on board helping with sixth and seventh grade. Tony and I were small group leaders together for a number of years, um, then had the opportunity to come on here uh, in, in, in an interim capacity. So Steve had asked me when our previous junior high uh, pastor moved to the East Coast, he said, okay, we just need to figure out what we're going to do. We have Great Wolf Lodge in four months. Can you come on four months interim basis, and then we'll kind of reevaluate and see where you are. So I worked here for two years in the junior high capacity. So what happens? Uh, And then a year ago, I had an opportunity to come on full-time in Children's. Um, I was working full-time elsewhere. And really, the truth of the matter is I was getting burned out. And I was getting ready. um, I didn't want to, but it was getting close to being deciding which of my two jobs that I'm doing right now do I need to kind of step back from. And and at the time, it wasn't going to be my full-time job. I couldn't afford to step back from that. But God had another plan. Um, I wasn't allowed to leave. And now, as you guys know, with um, some more adjustments, I'm just going to gloss over that and do you guys a favor and not look over there. But regardless of the position that I've been in, um, it's been a pretty crazy and awesome couple of years. And like a lot of people, we don't realize it until we look back. Until you have to recount your life to someone, you're like, Oh, that was pretty weird and especially for someone who didn't want to help. I didn't even want to help at the first point, point. and now I'm here working full-time, which is crazy. Uh, that's why I have up there that sometimes God calls and we listen. Sometimes we do a really good job of doing what he asks us. Sometimes God calls, we don't do a good job, so he reaches out and pulls us right into where he wants us to be. Over the last three years that I've been working in ministry, there's a common question that I get from people outside the church, and it's not always the question itself that they ask. But it's the tone in which they reply when they ask, "What do you do?" So a lot of my jobs, I've, I've been, in, like I said, I've been in hospitality for a long time, and my coworkers knew I worked part time elsewhere, and they would ask, like, "Oh, what else do you do?" Oh, I'm a junior high pastor at a church. Oh. Okay. And basically, what a lot of this comes down to is they're like, they're asking one simple question. Why? Now, I know there's others of you that. Our teachers are involved in different ways um, with kids and with youth. And that's a pretty common question. People will be like, so you're, you're voluntarily deciding to work with kids and teenagers? Like, are you okay? Um, <laughs> yes, I am, I think. Uh, so it, it raises a question that I want to answer, and that's why do I do what I do? Why have I... I don't want to use the word chosen because five years ago I didn't choose any of this. Um, but why did God bring me here? Uh, the first the first reason, I'm going to admit, is the Sunday school answer. So I'm going to give it, and then we're going to walk away from it. But it's because God called me and equipped me and brought me to where I am today. But that's easy. We can all say that about any of our lives. Oh, why do you work where you work? Well, God brought me there. Oh, okay. Like, There's so much more to it, though. So let's look at a couple other ones. I worked in in food and beverage for 10 years, and it was a lot of fun. I made some good friends. But those type of work environments, for any of you that may have... Um, worked in the service industry, that's all I know, I don't know about other um, areas, but you find out really quickly that it's very un-Christian in a lot of workplaces. And for me, it was just, it was leading to, a, to an unhealthy place. Not that I was doing or saying anything I, I shouldn't have done. It was just getting uncomfortable and awkward. But now here, I'm at a job where when one of your coworkers asks, how are you doing? you know they're asking from the heart. And they ask it sincerely. It's not one of those casual, Hey, how's it going? Oh, good! And in the side, you're like, why did I just say that? I'm not good at all. I get to work with people now that we pray for one another. And we get to encourage one another. And we're invested in each other's lives. And you can absolutely find this at other places. And I hope that you guys have found that wherever you're involved at as well. The second thing on there, technically the third, but if we exclude the Sunday school answer at the top. The second thing is relationships. I'm wired in a fairly relational way. It's just how I am. But when I was growing up, I went to church, but I didn't really go to church. Like we went on Sundays and occasionally I went to youth group, uh, but I was was kind of the odd guy out and not because of me, just the situation. Um, I went to private school Thank you for whoever snickered at that. I appreciated that. Um, I went to private school. I went to Christian school, so I figured going to church, it'd be nice and easy. But my entire youth group all went to public school and already knew each other. And there wasn't really room for me at the table, so to speak. But where there was room for me was with my youth pastors. My My two youth pastors, Brandon and Chris, I'm still in touch with them today, Help me with some stuff when I was a teenager. Even in college, they've been recommendations and references for me. And if I can give any part of what they gave to me back, then it's a victory. If I can develop a relationship that's positive and uplifting to one student, then I consider it a huge success. If we can reach one student, one family with the gospel of Jesus, It's all worth it. Brooks and I have talked about that at the end of every camp and retreat. As long as one person hears the good news, it's all been worth it. Plus, it's fun to hang out and go to camps and retreats and get to just enjoy life. Uh, My junior high and high school side definitely comes out more when I'm hanging out with them, and I, I absolutely love it. But another part of the relationships is, excluding this corner over here, it's the relationships with the rest of you. Because believe it or not, this might come as a surprise to you, I do not have a high school, middle school, or elementary, or nursery-aged kid, okay? I have no kids, all right? <laughs> Getting married in three months, there's no kids. So I need to partner with you guys to help. We need to help each other. We need to build strong relationships. And one of the things that I love the most about Northview is the relational factor of our church. That's what Uh, brought me back here. And then with something bigger and better, man, telling someone about Jesus and seeing life change within them is incredible. Getting to work with uh, students and adults through the troubling times that life throws our way, it's really, really cool. I've seen Jesus do some incredible things, not just here at Northview, but elsewhere. We do serve a God that works outside of Northview. We're very thankful for that. And it's really cool to have some hand to play in that. Plus, selfishly, what's a job without some perks? Right? We, we have to be honest. That's one of the things that we look at when we're looking at a job. Well, the number one perk of my job is working in an environment where people encourage each other to grow in faith. We have other cool ones where this past spring we got to go down to California to a conference and the conference was really great. We learned a lot. But what was even better was the pastoral staff, the five of us, getting to hang out for a week together and getting to kind of break away and just focus on relationship. And Brooks, John, and I shared a hotel room for four days, and it was weird. Uh, but it was great at the same time. Uh, at, the, at the end of it, why do I do what I do? It kind of comes down to my favorite verse. My favorite verse to teach from, to encourage students in, and that's First Timothy 4.12. Let no one look down on you because you're young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. It doesn't take long for us to look at the world to see that the kids of today are getting a lot of messages from a lot of places. And the church cannot afford to be silent in that because the world certainly isn't. That's a lot about me. All right, I'm done talking about me. Now I want to talk about you guys. What does this look like for you? What can you do to be a part of things that are bigger than yourself? And what can you do to be a part of sharing Jesus with all of those around us? Before I click to the next slide, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're married, have kids, don't have kids, not married, renting a room, renting a basement, whatever it is, this is where it all begins. And that's that ministry starts at home. We need to have firm foundations within our own individual houses before we can hope to have a bigger impact in the world around us. I was reading an article yesterday that a lady had written that covered exactly this, and she was saying that her husband was all about ministry. He wanted the family involved in everything at church. They were at every activity, every event. They helped everywhere they could, but he didn't want any of it at home. At home, he was disinterested. They didn't do anything like that together. And what a missed opportunity that can be. Titus and First Timothy here are talking about the selection of elders for a church, but what they say for elders still holds true for us. And in First Timothy it says, "For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church?" through prayer, study, and service together as a family, even as an individual, that's where spreading the gospel and the good news is going to begin for people all around us. Now, I'm not saying that we have it all together, all right? I know a lot of you guys. I know a lot of your households. I know there's stuff in every family, all right? I'm not asking you to be perfect before taking the next step. I just want to encourage you to keep Christ at the center and as the foundation of your household. Uh, Amanda and I, um, three months ago, we ticked the three months off this weekend, which is pretty exciting. Um, Stay tuned. We're still working on all the details. Uh, But one of the things that we've really tried to do over the last um, six to eight months is end each day praying together. Now, Steve talks about that a lot. And you might get tired of Steve saying, pray with your spouse, pray with your family, pray with these people. I don't know about you, but often for myself, I find the times that I get tired of somebody telling me to do something is because I'm not doing it. I get frustrated and like, hey, whoa, like back off. Please don't keep telling me this. So we're doing our best. It's not always easy. I'm going to admit to you guys, it's a safe space. We didn't pray together last night. Okay. I got home. I was very tired from the Mariners game. So I went to bed and she has a friend visiting her. So They went back home. I'm at my house. I just went to bed. Okay? Sometimes that happens. But what a stupid excuse is that? For me to use, oh, no, I'm tired to pray. Are you kidding me? We need to still power through that. We're still working on building a spiritual habit together. We've done a really good job of talking about wanting to study scripture together and go through books together. We've started two books. We're halfway through both of them. So that's good. Um, but we're getting there. It's not a a sprint. It's a marathon. It's about developing good habits and putting them into practice. And if we're able to do this at home, if each of us at Northview is able to do this at home, we're going to have a huge ripple effect through our community and through our neighborhoods. And the cool thing is, if you guys are on board for this and you keep Jesus at the center of your household, you're going to start reaching people that the pastoral staff here never can because you know people that we don't. You're in neighborhoods and sports teams for your kids and jobs and different places that you know people that we don't and you get to be a beacon and a light for them. Besides, if you have kids on a sports team, I've seen some youth sports teams, there's probably some parents on the sidelines during those games could use the love of Jesus to come down on them and maybe put his hand over their mouth. Um, It's just youth sports, guys. It's just youth. It's okay. So what does this look like? Now, this next section, I'm going to preface it. I was a marketing major in college. I'm trying really hard for this not to sound like any sort of sales pitch at all. But instead, I want to help provide you some ideas of what it looks like to pursue Jesus, ways you can get involved, and what that can do. And being a representative of Northview, within that, I'm going to tell you about some of the things that you may know, you may be involved in some of the things that you might not. Why not lay it all on the table and tell you guys what we have going on? But again, it's not a sales pitch. Just me telling you to help out, that we need it. Um, also, if any of you have children experience, let me know because we have a job opening. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the, first, the first one we have here is to be surrounded by other believers. One of the first of the four that I have here for you guys this morning. In Proverbs We read that iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. We need community. Humanity is hardwired for it. We echo the relational aspects of God in that way. And we need people coming alongside us and challenging us and helping us to grow. How can you do that? What does that look like here at Northview? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, One of the ways, and I'm actually, we, we love this, is community groups. Um, we have the numbers. I know a lot of you guys are involved in one. Community groups are groups of believers that meet in people's homes uh, once a week, every other week, once a month. They can be um, brought about by neighborhoods, by the time of day you're able to meet, by your interest, by all sorts of things. We have a ton of them to offer. And it's about doing life together. It's about having those people that you can see on a regular basis and be talking about what's going on and how you can be there for one another. For the last couple of years, we had a young adult small group, um, and it was awesome. These are the people that we did stuff with, These was, this was our friend group. And then as we've all started getting older and branching off and life changes, uh, we have new things forming. And right now we're, we're working on putting together a, a young married couples small group. And the ironic thing is, a lot of it started with Amanda and I having a conversation a long time ago about like, man a young couple's, like, married group, that would be really cool. We're the last two in our, in our community group to actually get married. So it works out, though. It works however it needs to go. We have our men's and our women's ministries. They're here for you. Shannon was talking about men's retreat. It's an incredibly powerful time to break away. We're all busy. I get that. We're all busy. But be able to take a chance and be around people that can encourage us and help us is absolutely Incredible. Another important piece, another thing that we could all work with together is to develop and keep developing and refining our foundation in Jesus. We're told over and over again in Scripture to pursue knowledge of God. In Second Peter says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. And he goes on, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection. None of us know it all. If you know everything about God, please come up with and have a conversation with me because you should be up here. Um, but there's still more that we don't know. So continue learning. We even read about Jesus' early life. Jesus himself spent time learning. And if we're supposed to be modeling his behavior then we should be learning too. We never know it all. We're never done. Alpha is a great way to do that. If you don't know about Alpha, it provides the foundation of Christianity. It introduces it in an easy-to-understand way, lays out the doctrine and the gospel. And it's a great thing to invite others to. If you have friends that might be interested, might not, they don't really know, bring them along to Alpha. It's going to be starting up in the fall. If it helps, there's always dinner. So that's always good. And the cool thing about Alpha the last couple times we've run it is the majority of the people there aren't Christian. But they're here to learn and they want to experience Jesus. I also really want to push study and mentorship. Spend time in God's Word. Study it for yourself. Don't trust what any of the pastors have to say without checking it for yourself. That's one of the reasons I put scripture up here. Follow up on your own. Study it and find it find someone to mentor you find someone that's further along than you are that can help you i have a lot of friends that are my age but we're not can't really be mentors to each other if we're going through the same stuff at the same time but find someone that's already gone through it find someone that can help tony once told me to find several guys that you want to be like in the sense of i really admire this characteristic i really like how he takes care of his family i really admire this guy's work ethic For gals, put a lady in there. Please don't be looking at other guys like that. (laughs) Uh, But find them. Get to know them. See what they're about and understand them, and they can help you. The third part of this is representing Jesus to others, a bulk of what we do here uh, at Northview. There's a lot of ways to get involved. And again, remember, this is not a sales pitch, but we have children's ministry with Awana during the week. We have student ministry with middle school and high school uh, with with youth group during the week. We have the first impressions team to welcome people into our church. We have the worship team. We have Go Projects. We have different things to reach people. And all of these need people of different skills and opportunities just as God created us to be different. And the big piece too, I think Northview does this extremely well. I think we encourage each other and are a very safe place. But keep going. Invite others in. Establish yourself at a church home. I meet people a lot that are church hopping and they've been church hopping or or, uh, church shopping for three years. Every week they go to a different church and they haven't settled down. Find a place that you like and settle into it. Like Steve says, we hope it's here. If it's not, that's okay. Talk to us and we'll help you get plugged in. Talk to Steve. He knows everybody, so he'll help you get plugged in. So a lot of these things about sharing Jesus, about being part of the body, about anything that um, I just briefly touched on, raises up a question that I think a lot of us ask with things. We're human. we, we, We need to know what's in it for me. So you say get involved. You say help out. You say... That faith time at home with my family. I should be praying with my family. That's important. So what? What's in it for me? I need two volunteers. Come on up. I need one volunteer as I pick up a rope. Don't worry about it. Kyle, come on up. This is great. Good Good job walking on that stage, Kyle. All right, take that. Hold that end. Nathan, take that end. And start walking out. Let's get it so it's straight. You can take a couple steps back, but don't go too far. Kyle, don't go off the stage. You can, if you need to. We still got a lot of rope. We found this in our storage unit the other day. It's perfect. So this, this right here. All right, that's perfect. I want you to think of this rope, and I'll give credit where credit's due. This is from Francis Chan. This rope is your life. That's pretty cool. But our life is not just here on earth. There is an eternity once we leave. So I'm going to take this masking tape. I'm going to put a mark right here. All of you probably can't even see that, can you? Right there. I didn't do a very good job of that, did I? There, Kyle's going to point to it. Now this, this little one-inch, half-inch Piece of masking tape is going to represent our time here on earth. And I want to challenge you guys to think about things like this. The things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we're involved in, that we support, the people that we encourage, all of that that we do in this little space is going to carry out and have an eternal ramification carried along with it. Now we can pretend that this rope keeps going. You're not going to get to the end of the eternity and Nathan's going to be standing there waiting for you. <laughs> no, that's what, that's but what's that's, waiting for you at the end. Don't let go. I didn't say let go. But everything we do starts here and carries with it for all eternity. Thank you. Now you can let go. Give these guys a hand. I got it. I'll just reload it in. Hang on a second. There we go. God created each of you with a purpose. That purpose has skills, has interests, has your opportunities that you've had along the way, and all of that he wants to use for him. At this time, I'd like to invite the worship team to start uh, making their way back up here as we wrap up. And as they they come up, I want to leave you with Scripture. I want that to be the end of our time here together. In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 7 through 11, the end of all things is at hand. I don't know about you guys, but looking around at the news and seeing some of the stuff, especially this weekend, it feels like we might be approaching that time more and more. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God provides, in order that everything, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So at the end of it, why do I do what I do? What's in it for you? It's so that the glory of God through Jesus Christ may be shown to the world around us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, take us forward from here. Be with us as we step back into reality once we leave this church. I pray for every member here that you be with them. Just continue to help them grow. Continue to reveal yourself to them in new and extraordinary ways and use them to reach the lost of our world. Encourage them in their daily walk with you and bring people alongside them that can help them along that path. We give today over to you, Lord. We love you and we worship you. Amen.